1: Abraham Lincoln
3: Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and
1: Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: So, uh, spokesman for the Chinese government went on TV last night in China, which timed to be perfect for Morning in America to make all the news shows all day long if uh, they were interested. Uh, saying that, uh, hey, we need to start taking, like, the, the United States and all the various viruses that have leaked out of their labs, like SARS and monkeypox and all these different things.
3: No, they didn't.
2: No, they didn't. You commie liars. Uh, but they're trying to convince the world that, uh, yeah, the United States lets all kinds of viruses loose, too. This is all now that the world has turned their attention on them. And... China state media said the country must prepare for nuclear war with the United States after Biden asks for the COVID probe. Oh, boy. That's, that's not at all over the top.
3: Here's, here's another example for you of China just absolutely showing their hand. Why would any country deny access to that lab, given the fact that we've helped fund it and have researchers working there and have been allowed in it for years? All of a sudden, you can't look at the records, you can't look at the blood tests, you can't look at the personnel files, you can't come in at all for a year. Okay, all right, super. And now your story is, well, you you let uh, bugs loose out of labs all the time. Why are you even pointing that out if it came from the friggin' wet market, huh? Boy, the Chinese are so obviously guilty, please. There is a mountain of circumstantial evidence to support the lab leak theory.
2: So speaking of uh, stories from around the world... Um, the San Francisco Giants baseball team is going to feature pride colors in their logo on their game caps this month, along with a pride patch on their right sleeves. June is a uh, gay pride month. Yeah, we're talking gay
3: pride. L.L.B.G.T.Q. Pride. This is the... uh, as opposed to like being proud of your kids or proud that you are now the executive vice president. Judy's mad that the rainbow has been appropriated by the gay folks. Uh, not that she has any problem with gay folks. In fact, we have some some dear friends who are are gay. But was Roy uh, th- G. Biv gay? Uh, <laughs> there were rumors, <laughs> uh, but she just really likes rainbows and and would like to display them. But people will think she's some sort of activist, and she's not
2: really. But anyway, can we you have know- the rainbow back at least like a one month a year? You know what Roy G. Biv is, Sean. That's the abbreviation of the colors of the rainbow, right? Right. Yeah. One of the most fantastic inventions ever for remembering the order of the colors in the spectrum of light. Yes. Which you needed to know because... Well, that's you'd a, hate now, to, That's a decent question.
3: Oh, no. You, you're, you're expecting indigo. You get violent. you, oh, you That's violent. You, know, you don't want that. you got to know what's coming. I, I guess. I... Uh, I had a prism as a little kid and boy that fascinated me. Oh, Somebody explained to me what it was doing and I would look at it and look at it and look at it and figure out Yeah, very cool. Is, it's
2: dividing
3: light. What?
2: I I'll get back to the gay pride thing in just a second cuz I had an ultimate point to make, but I would really like to in a very open-minded way break down all of elementary schooling and 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 like retake a look at what we teach kids and whether or not it's necessary. I think I think we're we've got a, a an, an inertia thing going where we continue to teach a whole bunch of things that I'm not sure if you sat down with a room full of smart people you could justify versus other things you could learn well, add
3: on to that a layer of highly uh, ideological indoctrination that's being oh, yeah. taught in yeah, schools. Yeah, I'm and, not
2: even talking about getting into the, well, boy, you start getting into critical race theory and all these different things. Just, you know, like we've talked about before, memorizing state capitals or uh, memorizing, you know, the colors of the spectrum in order. Maybe somebody could convince me why this is important, but I can't off the top of my head come up why, with why it's uh, why that's important. The I'm, state capitals in, particularly, uh, in particular, the Roy G. Biff, I mean. Any of that.
3: I don't. I think. Yeah,
2: I think the 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 Roy G. Biv thing is is useful just to know the colors in order and memorize that for your life. How oh, you often might is as that well. Been important. Well, how well. long did it take you to memorize it? <laughs> you <laughs> might as well. That's a good argument. Well, no. <laughs> yeah, if you're I'd going, not. no. That's that, 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 I haven't
3: even begun. Providence.
2: If you're <laughs> Rhode
3: Island. <laughs> I think that gives you knowledge and pride in your country. I just think you ought to know your country. Okay, well, you can't so love something unless you know it. The
2: reason I said open mind is that I'm willing to be argued out of my positions. If somebody mm. could convince me, okay, that helps. This has been done for centuries. You can look back. Countries around the world have always done this. It helps you understand geography. Okay. Okay. You've convinced me. Now, how about this? Do we need to learn this? Yeah. It just fair seems enough. to me that there's a lot of things kids sit down and memorize that just, I'm not, it almost seems like just an exercise in memorization.
3: Yeah, particularly given the leaps forward in technology and information and the rest of it available these days. Yeah, the the, the entire thing ought to be reimagined. And honestly, and I say this with full appreciation for how difficult it is, if I had my kids in public schools right now, unless it was those rare exceptions, those really good, solid, generally conservative district public schools, I would get them the heck out no matter what it took. I think public schools in America are diseased at this point. And the, and the diseases struck hard in the last five,
2: ten years max. So um, back to the pride thing. San Francisco Giants will be the first Major League Baseball team that's ever had the uh, the rainbow pride thing on their hats and their and their shirts. Okay, so you know what's next? Marrying dogs? Um, isn't that what we, the way you used to say about game? That's not what or, we said. No, that was the, the argument yeah. on some dumb talk radio. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what I was referring to. Um, I don't care. It doesn't, it doesn't make any difference to me. But I, I thought this was really interesting, and this was a retweet from Timothy Sandifer. So the uh, U.S. put out a tweet. The United States Embassy, to the Holy See, that would be the Vatican, celebrates hashtag Pride Month with the Pride flag on display during the month of June. The United States respects the dignity and quality of LGBTQI+. Plus. Hmm. LGBTQI+. Plus. Uh, rights what? are human rights. I'm not w- sure what all those things are. Anyway, the uh, follow-up to that was, how about in Saudi Arabia? You're flying it there? How about in Turkey? It is kind of interesting that we will fly the flag where it is completely safe and not in controversial at, mm. our, at our embassy. And tout how brave we are to fly it at the Vatican. We're making a statement. See, we put our flag up here where it's not controversial and everybody agrees with us. Are we going to do that anywhere where it would cause any problems whatsoever no so in other words
3: I'm not sure the gesture means that much yeah I would say it, it means you're a big phony anyway.
2: you, you could fly the flag at some places where it's you know fairly common to throw gay people off of the top of buildings to kill them if you really wanted to make a statement sure do that I would I would actually like to see that that would be a little courage
3: that would be standing up for for people's rights right. So Kamala Harris, idiot, California, gave an incredibly dopey and disappointing commencement address. On the other hand, Mitch Daniels, who's the former very moderate governor of Indiana, who is now the president of Purdue University, gave a absolute four-star great commencement address, in Mm. my opinion, at Purdue. I would like to share some of the excerpts of it uh, with you uh, coming up in moments. The
1: Armstrong
2: and Getty Show. I've heard a few commencement addresses, not that many. Um, couple. Nothing ever stood out as uh, memorable to me. But.
3: I uh, I saw three, well, two kids graduate from college. Uh, well, not three, that's right. Delaney's was virtual, but um, there were a couple that were just terrible speeches. Just insufferable Progressive garbage. It was, it was tough to take, honestly. <clears throat> I mean, it's not like set their mad or anything. I just thought, oh boy, more of this boring. You could have inspired these kids. You could have given them a dose of reality. You could have sent them off into the world realizing that they've got to scrap and claw and work hard and be creative and energetic and the rest of it. And, but no, you, you give them the whole, you're wonderful. You're incredible. What you've accomplished is just unbelievable. Yeah, with great inflation and the rest of it. No, it's not. I gave, if it makes you feel better, the kids weren't listening anyways. So. I, I, gave Good point. A,
2: I gave a speech at my community college because I was uh, I got some award and I gave a speech. And in retrospect, it's embarrassing. I'm glad it's pre YouTube so that there is not a 19 year old me giving that speech that anybody could look at because it's embarrassing in retrospect. On the other hand, In you know had... why? Because I was 19 and 19 year olds don't know freaking anything. You
3: child. It's, 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 it's an apt point. Uh, so Mitch Daniels, former governor of Indiana, gave a speech at Purdue University where he is the president and, uh, and, and wowed the folks. It was just excellent. You didn't hear about this. It got no coverage. Kamala Harris at the Naval Academy, lots of coverage. But among the things that uh, Mitch Daniels said <clears throat> were these, and I would have had the guys get taped together, but that's a lot of work and it's summer and we're all feeling a little lazy. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, I will read it to you for decades to come. Scholars and ordinary citizens alike will look back on your senior year trying. And he's talking about the pandemic, trying to identify its consequences and imagine what lives so disrupted were like as they do. So they will know more than we can know now about the results of the choices today's leaders made. They will reach judgments with the benefit of hindsight about the wisdom and maturity with which our nation handled the challenge of this particular pandemic. Odds are not all those judgments will be favorable. Time will tell. An ability to comprehend and work with complex facts and data has always been a part of Purdue's education. At least since the industrial age, that's been an essential tool of a useful life of the kind at which boilermakers excel. They're a little uh, pump up the, the grads for their alma mater. That's fine. He went on to say, but that's never been so near nearly so true as today. Masses, massive amounts of information are being collected intentionally by us and silently by the machines we invent and use in daily life. Interpreting its meaning and discovering patterns within it is perhaps the most important skill in the economy of 2021. Our faculty has determined that data analysis, as we now call it, should be as universal a part of a Boilermaker education as English composition. Pretty well-run school. You'll leave this stadium able to evaluate statistics and whether they are significant or meaningless. You'll know better than to confuse correlation with causation. You'll look at decisions critically and holistically, understanding that any objective pursued too far eventually yields diminishing returns not worth their cost. That, just as medicines have side effects, almost all actions produce collateral consequences, often collateral damage. Here he's getting to his point. It doesn't stretch a point to say that we wouldn't be meeting here today without those skills. Keeping Purdue open last fall. Oh, did you hear that, people in blue states? Oh, that's interesting. Keeping Purdue open last fall so that you could stay on schedule and graduate today required the
2: daily... He must be speaking to an empty field, Then All the students must be dead. No, as it turns out, all of them were there. All of them.
3: Keeping Purdue open last fall so that you could stay on schedule and graduate today required, here it is, and here is what, Gavin Newsom, Gretchen Whitmer, Cuomo, and and the thousands of others around the country, Anthony Fauci, although Fauci, to his credit, admits it. Here's what they're not doing. It required the daily examination of COVID-19 infection rates and patterns of its spread on and around campus. Prior to that, the decision to reopen it all involved a reading of the available data, which showed that people your age were at far less risk from the virus than from a host of other dangers. I attempted to rebring up the fact that a Colorado hospital d- declared an emergency. They have so many suicide attempts by young people in their emergency room. Anyway, going back to Mitch Daniels. Starting soon, the decisions will be yours to make. In business, you start or join, in causes in which you feel called to enlist, or in the most important of all organizations, the families I hope you will form, wherever they are, the very essence of your coming leadership roles will lie in making hard choices. After weighing all the options, the competing priorities, and the uncertainties that even the biggest databases cannot totally eliminate, others will look to you to choose. The risk of failure, of a hit to one's reputation, or just that the gains don't outweigh the cost, all these can deter or even paralyze a person out of fulfilling the responsibility someone has entrusted to them. Should I make this investment or husband my cash? Take that job offer or stay where I'm comfortable? Engage in this debate or sit silently? Choose this life partner or play it safe? This last year, many of your elders failed this fundamental test of leadership. They let their understandable human fear of uncertainty overcome their duty to balance all the interests for which they were responsible. They hid behind the advice of experts in one field, but ignored the warnings of experts in other realms that they might do harm beyond the good they hoped to accomplish. Sometimes they let what might be termed the mad pursuit of zero in this case, zero risk of anyone contracting the virus. They let it block out other competing concerns, like the protection of mental health, the educational needs of small children, or the survival of small businesses. Pursuing one goal to the utter exclusion of all others is not to make a choice, but to run from it. It is not leadership, it's abdication. I feel confident your Purdue preparation won't let you fall prey to it. Mitch Daniels for president.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, that's why George Will... One of my favorite columnists always is pushing Mitch Daniels as the next president. <laughs> Has been for yeah. years. But he's bald headed,
3: not very good looking, so nah.
2: That's uh, that's good stuff and to my mind clearly true.
3: I will uh forward this on to Mike Hansen, our executive producer. He will post it at armstrongandgetty.com under A and G's hot links so you can find it and send it around. I had not uh, We'll heard probably of, ha- we'll hammer this tomorrow morning early too. It's so good. I had not heard a word of that. Following you know, we, my mainstream
2: news over the oh, of last not. week
3: of course not and these are things we have been saying for a very long time uh, he uh, he 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 uttered them in an extremely concise and eloquent way it's really great writing um it's astounding to me and more than a little frightening that that point was not only missed for a little bit but it was missed for the entire time of the pandemic up till now by certain leaders and utterly ignored i mean maliciously by teachers unions for instance um but that that point is so little understood and so little discussed the fact that to choose one goal to the utter exclusion of all others is not to make a choice it's running from it it's running it's it's hiding as opposed to making the difficult decisions, you know what it is? It's it's pretending there's only one competing interest, so that you will never be asked to balance them and make a decision. It's cowardice, utter cowardice.
2: I don't know if a good story will ever be written of this, that 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 people will hear. No, no, probably
3: not. Oh. just because we're so siloed and it's it's uncomfortable. And listen, I'm some woke New York Times reporter who doesn't have the life experience and good sense to understand how full of crap I am some of the time. They might run into something like this and feel its truth and recognize its power, but it's pretty freaking embarrassing to admit that. And they're humans. You know, I'm a human, too. I don't like admitting horribly embarrassing things either, but.
2: A lot of companies at this point having to make the decision, are we going to bring people back into the building like it used to be or not? Or how much or how? I mean, it's time to make the decision all across the country. Also, we got this on why BTS, the boy band, the K-pop boy band, has was by, banned in China. It's really kind of interesting. Hmm. Uh, among other things. On the way, text line 415-295-KFTC.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
2: How many things are going to stick around after the pandemic, which we're practically in the aftertimes of the pandemic, Uh, depending on where you live, it's the aftertimes. Right. And if you've gotten a vaccine and I I don't I don't know which things are going to stick around and which aren't a lot of assumptions have been made that could turn out to be wrong. Um, Productivity is up, as it mentions in this USA Today article. But it's taking a toll on people's mental health to a certain extent. But that might not have anything to do with working from home. It might just be living in a world in a pandemic where your kids are out of school and you can't see grandparents, et etc. Et was the cause for that, not the specifically working from home.
3: Right, and there's been so much change. If you know something
2: was dialed up to 11, we'll scale it back to 9 and kind of rebalance, I think, in, in a lot of good ways. Um, nine in 10 HR executives say they're willing to hire remote employees around the country or around the world compared with half before the outbreak. So before the pandemic, half of companies would say that it is now 90% of companies say they're willing to hire people um, around the country, around the world. Why, why would you not take a really qualified candidate that would be great for your company, but they don't want to leave West Virginia or France or wherever the hell they are because that's where they live and that's where they're from, of course you're going to hire them now that you've figured out ways to do it. Sure. Well, there's obviously a belief that it's not while the cats away, the mice will play. It's like if the
3: mice are in mouse town, they're going to play all the time. But as it turns out... The any
2: the mice are in mouse
3: town... I mean, they never come to Catville, um, <laughs> except for, you know, once a month uh, sales meeting. But uh, no, obviously, if the mouse is self-motivated and wants to rise up through the company, the mouse will be plenty productive, So as these, it turns out. We sur-
2: surveyed all these companies, and 38% of the organizations... Now, I'm going to go slow here because there's a lot of numbers. 38% said that 40% or more of their employees will chiefly work from home. Before the pandemic, just 5% of businesses said that. Wow. So it's gone from 5% of businesses that let that big a chunk of people work from home to 38%. Seven times as many.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think partly because it 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 seemed like nothing but risk to run that experiment and plus nobody was particularly pushing for it. Hey Jim, how about we have our entire, uh, you know, uh, computing uh, staff and uh, IT, I guess is what you call it, let's have them work from home. What? Why?
2: There are um, a, a number of meetings that we've had during the pandemic and I'll bet y'all have had similar experiences where you did it on the Zoom You know, it was one of those short meetings where you're going to meet with a client or whatever you're going to do, Mm -hmm. and it was perfectly fine, and you feel like we accomplished everything we needed to accomplish, but we didn't drive an hour through traffic and then find a parking place and then walk up into the building and then wait in the lobby And then go into the conference room and sit around and have small talk for a few minutes, then have the 15-minute, meaning then do all that other stuff I just said in reverse.
3: Yeah, except that if it were only 15 minutes, hallelujah, mostly, and I've, I've observed this through our career, people feel like, okay, they've devoted an hour to getting here. So the meeting really needs to be at least 45 minutes, otherwise it's disrespectful. Which is like the worst thing you could possibly do. If you got five minutes of business, the kindest thing you can do
2: is keep this meeting to five minutes. But nobody wants to do that. And now that we've all had that experience, are there going to be a whole bunch of? I can't imagine if I if I'm running a business, am I still going to pay for somebody to fly from L.A. to San Francisco to have that meeting, put them up in a hotel? You know, what's it going to cost me? A thousand bucks, hotel and uh, airfare and food and everything like that? Why am I going to do that? You know, I, am think I think for, ever going to do that again? Yes. Yeah. For initial client meetings, I think the personal contact can be worth it, uh, depending on the nature of the business. Yeah, but a lot of business flyers, business travelers that I know, they're on the road three days a week. Oh, heck yeah. Year round. Why yeah. would that continue? I just can't imagine why it would.
3: No. If everybody's satisfied by this model, then no, you wouldn't go back to
2: the. It wouldn't even have to be as good to come out ahead. How much is spent? You know what this is going to do to the economy overall. I don't know, but how much money is spent on hotels and flights and meals? So you don't need to be as productive. You just need to be. You know, you might even only need to be eighty percent as good. Still come out ahead if you eliminate all that travel cost. Yeah, yeah. I just, oh, I, especially, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the answer to these things, but I just, I don't know. I and know, especially going forward, we can keep tweaking, well, as right. a society, as right. businesses. Yeah. But, but so I throw in this caveat because I had this experience fairly recently, and I have to be vague about this. But there is a certain organization that I'm involved with. We've been doing our meetings over Zoom for the past year, and I was of the belief. I've had these conversations with people where I thought it's about 80% as good as being in person. So that's pretty good when you include the convenience of it. Like I was just talking about travel, time, all that sort of stuff. Um, But then having returned to in-person, I realized I was way out of whack. I'm Mm. thinking maybe it's 10 to 15% as good. Oh, my gosh. So your perception... Not even close to what I thought. I thought this would is it... 80% as good. And then the first time back in person is like, no, no, this is way better. Not even comparable.
3: Wow. That's so just would my it be... personal experience. Would it be fair to say that you'd kind of forgotten? Yeah. What it's like to be in physical proximity to people, absolutely. And I'm telling you, there's biochemistry at work there that's incredibly important.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can't nail it down, but like you know, it's it's intangibles. It's all kinds of all kinds of different things. It's it's the it's the, the few comments with somebody aside before you walk into the room that don't happen in Zoom. You know how Zoom works. The two loudest freaking nut jobs that get to the zoom meeting the earliest easy now <laughs> dominate the whole dang thing and nobody else gets to talk to anybody so if you got 20 people on a zoom call two people make their asinine jokes while everybody else sits around and listens to them as opposed to in a real meeting where everybody gets together and you turn to the person you actually like and you talk a little bit until the meeting starts and after the meeting right right Right, there can be
3: no, oh, another meeting, this should be exciting. I mean, even if you only half mean it, that's, that's building a relationship. Yeah. And in the Zoom context, that has to be on the mic to everyone. Another Zoom meeting with a client. The client's looking at you like, what? This should be fun.
2: <laughs> and I, I would consider that a tangible thing. I mean, that's something I actually can measure. All the other stuff of just whatever you get from being in a room with a human being versus I mean, there's got to sense if I got to get out of here. I get that often <laughs> when I'm in a, a room full of you know, people. You know, the more I think about it, why would you travel to visit grandma and grandpa if you could just talk to them on a the phone? But people still go to visit grandma and grandpa. We just sense that there's something way more impactful. I can do FaceTime with my mom and dad with my kids all the time, but there's it's just. I, I can't believe I just thought of this. Um, it's just so clearly more impactful for my kids to be there and for us to be together in the same sure. room. And yeah. it's not even close. Right. You hardly even you feel silly uh, having to say it. It's right. so obvious. So if that is completely different and more meaningful and much more of a connection, why wouldn't a business meeting be similar? Because you are describing things that bring you joy. People you care about yes. versus people you hate. Yes. The, <laughs> oh, or, or, again,
3: I ask you, easy now. Easy. Not well, all I, meetings, just most. Yeah. Well, hey, look, in, many, in most business settings, in mean, a lot of business settings, you're looking for value, you think your interaction with the other person will bring you more value than not interacting with them. They think the same thing. As long as everybody gets their value, it's an exchange, and that is fine. But when it comes to connecting with people for reasons of love and friendship and, and togetherness and the rest of it, no, you can't get that off of Zoom.
2: Yeah, um, so I guess my ultimate theory would be you, you can't just say meetings. They're, they're, they, they, they vary so much in what they are. Sure. Yeah, Absolutely. There are a
3: hundred different variations of, you know, what it means for humans to get together.
2: So if you've got a sales team, and you all know each other for the most part, um, and you do a meeting every day at uh, 8.05, and you say, How's the Southern Quadrant? It's up 20%, boss! Yeah! West Quadrant, check in. We're down 15%. But we're trying hard. You know, those kind of meetings, probably you don't need to be in person.
3: No. No. Ever. If you have this sort of gig where, you know, you, you got to have each other's backs when, when the poo hits the fan... Well, then, yeah, cops and firefighters and first responders and hospital workers and that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, I would, I would just say that I don't think the story has been written on this yet that people, we, we know. I think they're going to find out all kinds of stuff about team building. And not to mention, we've, and we've talked about this a lot, uh, this was all b- based on teams that primarily had already been together. You already had the personal relationships, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you went to Zoom. Going forward, if you're building this stuff over Zoom, will that work at all? Will you it's have tough a, on the newbies? Really, you, really tough. Oh, it's got to be. Would you have a team at all that has any feeling of a team?
3: Yeah, if, my daughter's going through this right now, and it's a struggle. It's a real challenge. Luckily, she would interned at this place before, oh. so she knew some of the people physically, at least some.
2: Oh, well, if you didn't know them at all, and you go, I just you would never get those hallway conversations, bathroom conversations, meet for a drink after work. Uh, You know uh, feelings that you get. You just wouldn't bathroom conversations. (laughs) Oh no no
3: no no no! We're in there to pee and only to pee. Don't turn to me. Don't ask me how my weekend is. I don't know. No.
2: I walk in on a guy going number two and say, "How's your how's how's your wife doing?" (laughs) That's beautiful.
3: Peer over the stall. How you doing, Jim? (laughs) Recognize your shoes. (laughs) I hate when thought I'd say hello. Yeah.
2: Recognized Help. your shoes. Thought I'd say hello. That's why I'm standing on the seat to peer over. <laughs>
3: what are you reading there? Sports section? How oh, the giants do. Yeah. Really nice. glad we're all getting back to the office now. <laughs> <laughs> well Jack I tell you what the, your one point I think is absolutely right that any conclusions that are drawn about how this is going to work are very preliminary at yeah. this point well, just, because there will be rejiggering there will be uh, fine tuning and the, the the problem with unforeseen
2: consequences
3: the, the, what I hate about unforeseen consequences is you don't foresee them
2: yeah and I just you know take my story I don't know if you've had this experience if you had text line 415295kftc but I thought I was like you know, most of the way with Zoom and I in one particular kind of meeting, I decided not even close, not even wow. close to the same thing. So I wow, funny how
3: you can and, either forget or fool
2: yourself. And I would have predicted the opposite. I mean, I was leaning the other direction. I wasn't looking to come to the conclusion I ended up with. Right. Revealing. Hmm. Yeah. Text line four one five two nine five 295 kftc The Armstrong and Getty Show. I got a text about how the people who refuse to get vaccinated are uh, basically being rewarded for making the rest of us continue to suffer. Uh, I I do feel kind of weird about the whole, you know, million-dollar lotteries and free tickets to this and that and all these different things for people. How about you get a shot because it would be a good idea for all of us to get the shot and get past 70% and... Get this freaking thing in our rearview mirror, and it's taxpayer money. Yeah, Gen- isn't it? Generally, it's almost got to be. Yeah, those million dollar lotteries they're having various places. Yeah, come on. A uh, couple of texts, and or everybody ought to be entered, including people who've
3: previously gotten vaccinated. I realize that's not going to as likely to get the result you're looking for, but it's just I don't know. It's like holding the meeting till the latest guy gets there.
2: So there were a number of weird things from the Friends reunion special that got cut out in China. I didn't know China was into the TV show Friends. Apparently they are. They they had the reunion special, but they cut out. I think there six total minutes that they eliminated for a variety of reasons. They included Lady Gaga because she once met with the Dalai Lama. And then there was something with BTS, I guess, the boy band. Anyway, they got cut out. Uh the reason why BTS was cut in China this person says is they have a potential to be more influential than the CCP like a lot of popular things. The CCP it cracks down on any really popular fan pages because it's a chance for people to organize themselves. Oh. Ah. If they get on a fan page and they're usually um uh you know they they can organize around, you know, their their unhappiness with the government and that's where they meet. And so they they just don't allow any super popular things to have fan pages in China, according to this
3: person. Hence their crackdown on Christianity, Falun Gong, just Mm -hmm. anything, anywhere people come
2: together. Different topic. There were a couple of mass shootings that uh, we weren't on the air for, and I don't mind not having to talk about them, including one not from where we are right now. Uh, We got this text. I think the reason Dems aren't doing anything on gun control after the recent mass shootings, there has been surprisingly little talk. With Mm -hmm. two in like a 48-hour period, you didn't get the usual, your prayers are not enough. When are we finally going to do something? I didn't hear much of that. And uh, this person thinks it's because of the story we did yesterday of the amazing increase in gun purchases month after month after month, including... Uh, one in five are new gun owners, and what's the fastest-growing group of new go- gun owners? African Americans. Black people are buying guns for the first time at a faster rate. or, or oh, wow. It's increased more than any other group. Huh. So maybe that is the reason for the muted response to these mass shootings? I mean, it was like clockwork. You could count on mass shooting, Dems pitch some sort of gun regulation. And cable news goes crazy about it for a couple of days. It didn't happen with these two shootings. Well, I think what you're seeing partly
3: is that they could throw that legislation up against the uh, wall, and then the Trump administration or, or Mitch McConnell would say, no, that's not going to pass. We can't do that. It's unconstitutional. And you could uh, paint the Republicans as being uh, cold-hearted to gun violence. In this case, there's no there's no win there.
2: There's no benefits. so just, you know, don't say anything. Hmm. At least that's what I would guess. It's interesting to me, the idea of becoming a new gun owner, people, that that many people are doing it. Because it's a pretty big decision. It's a pretty big thing to go from, you had made a decision, you know, a conscious, it's not, It's. I don't think guns is one of those things, I'm meant to be a gun owner, I just never got around to it. It's like I don't first think... tattoo, like you're jumping yeah. over a <sighs> threshold yeah, when you, you are, first engage. Very good example. Yeah. Um, But a lot of people are. Hey kids, it's that time again. Fire! With Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty.
3: I just love getting final thoughts from everybody on the crew to bring the day to a close. There he is, pressing the buttons in the control room. Michelangelo, Michael.
1: Yeah, my wife and I, we talk talk to each other on Zoom. I'd say it's about 70% (laughs) as good. You know, she's in the living room and I'm in the bedroom and. (laughs) I guess I could walk over. Oh, my goodness.
2: Positive Sean, our producer, has a final thought. Sean? Just a a brief ode and a shout-out to, I believe, the often uh, underrepresented portion of the Mexican food family, the humble quesadilla. A delightful treat, (laughs) and I think it gets overshadowed by the burrito and the taco unfairly.
3: Amen to that, amigo. Judy and I are big fans of the quesadilla. Absolutely That's hilarious (laughs) Jack, do you have a final thought you'd like to share?
2: I came across this article uh, As the country opens up radio listening Is returning to pre-pandemic levels uh, So welcome to our listeners who have come back uh, Don't touch that dial uh. Yeah, don't touch the dial from the pre-pandemic days uh, I must ask again uh, Are we going to have traffic and weather apart?
3: Together, traffic and weather together on the sixes uh, Excellent Uh, my final thought is I'm
2: looking at our audio list for, for today we didn't play all sorts of great stuff we have they're busy jabbering what were we, just, we, 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 we? come on now maybe we'll do that in the podcast where we clean out the what do we call it cleaning out the sound fridge we'll do that in the podcast and if you don't listen to the one more thing podcast we do it every day and it's available at armstrongandgetty.com or we can uh, save some of it for tomorrow less work for everybody we hmm. have to do this again tomorrow what <laughs> I know I know four hours worth Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank
3: so little time go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can pass along something. If you think we ought to be talking about it, send the link. Uh, Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Also, under hot links, we've included that commencement address by Mitch Daniels at Purdue University. Going to feature some more of it tomorrow. It is great. Some of the best stuff I've uh, read in in quite some time. You can get A&G swag. I have test-driven the boxer briefs. They're extremely comfortable and well-made, as is
2: the jogging bra. Plus the T-shirts and hats, all at armstrongandgetty.com. You like those underwear more than is natural. There's something going on there. How dare you judge me? See you tomorrow. God bless America.
4: There'll be order in the house. And
2: when it's over, it is
4: over. It is over.
2: Yeah, it's just complete, utter nonsense. So let's just dispense with that fundamental, foundationally nonsense. That is the climax of foolishness.
3: Figure it out or get off the podium.
0: As the athletes would say, we've left it all in the field. When it comes on for you to
3: go, you have to go. <laughs> I can't, 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 So which one did I say how many times just there? (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Loeb.
2: today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal
0: life healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope.